0: That is brought to you by Erin Bowersock, your home loan expert. Check her out on the web at bowersockteam.com. It is a sure bet that Jeff Howell knew where a great many of those UIL schools were, if not all of them. Am I right about that, Jeffrey?
1: Yeah, with Tony, I know where that was. I didn't hear all the other ones you were running down, but that was one of the last ones.
0: Okay, there. okay, all right, uh, all right. So, uh, all right. So, take us through today. Uh, uh, practice today out, and there was a window, a media window viewing availability, and then there was the media availability after. What were your observations on uh, on this practice?
1: Thirteen and zero, Craig. You ready for a trip to the semifinals? No. There we go. People get tired of you saying. Really get tired of me saying that at some point. Now, And I got my practice notes posted at Hornets 24-7 if you want to go, anybody wants to go kind of deep diving. And uh, the great Mike Roach joining me at practice today, so Mike's got some observations as well. Uh, you know, the big thing I took away, I know you watched Tim McCraig in high school, but you, you watched Jontae Cook run through drills, and it's very, it's very Des Bryant-like just his burst off the line of scrimmage, like you don't see guys that are that twitched up that can get to top gear as fast as he can that then have the ball skills to go up and get the football and catch it with strong hands and get up the field. Um, Just he alone, like you take A.D. Mitchell out of the equation or DeAndre Moore out of the equation, like he alone by himself has raised the talent level in that receiver room. So just watching Jonte Cook today, since you know, I watched more of the defense on Monday, I was just blown away by how college ready he is. Again, like, you know, like you know, you see the tape in high school, you see him in person in high school, you watch him in big games, and that's great. But to see them do it even in a setting like this, um, just how twitched up they look compared to other guys at, at that level, um, he, he's going to contribute right off the bat. I know Sark has talked about uh, you know finding that production. But they're losing with Roshan and Bijan, you know, just kind of replicating the the, the production and then the explosiveness. Jonathan Cook's gonna factor into that for sure. I, I just I really, really love his game. That's where it starts for me.
0: Uh, do you share the view of many that the best part of the offensive talent for Texas is definitely the younger guys, even even just getting to just freshmen and sophomores as opposed to getting into some upperclassmen?
1: Yeah, especially, you know, like running back, right, like Jonathan Brooks and then Keelan Robinson are on the men. But if you watch Jaden Blue and, and C.J. Baxter, those guys look ready. Like, especially C.J. Baxter looks right to the role. Uh, you know, looks like he belongs. Uh, just talked about Jonte Cook. Looks like he belongs at receiver. Um, you know, don't have really have that at tight end. But, man, you talk about the offensive line, Craig. I mean, we ran down the weights the other day, and then – you get a glimpse of, like, Andre Kojo or Connor Stroh, you know, Jaden Chatman. And, again, it's one thing to see those guys in high school, but then to see them on the field with other college linemen, um, they're, they're, you can be excited about those guys. And, I'll, you know, I will even take it over to defense. I mean, keep hearing really good things about Anthony Hill and Leonga Lafau, and watch those guys run around today, especially LaFowle's a, a little leaner, a little more maybe explosive than I thought he was. Um, it, it really reminds you, Craig, like watching the last two recruiting classes, it, it, and, and I think you'll, you'll agree with me once you, you get out there and get a chance to see these guys. It really reminds you of the way the Texas roster started to look. Really, really starting with that 2000 season, right? Like 99, you brought in that class with Rod B and then Bo Scaife, Chris Sims, and Corey Redding and that crew. And then in 2000, you add, you know, Roy Sloan and BJ. Uh, and you could tell really quick, like early in that 2000 season, even though they lost that game to Stanford, you're like, man, compare this to a couple of years ago, the talent level on that program just shot up uh, you know, exponentially. I think that's what you're looking at with this group. So I mean I, I don't know that they'll be ready to go to Tuscaloosa and win a football game, but I think this is a team that if you look at the kind of the brand of football they'll play in, in September compared to where they'll be in, you know, mid to late November, uh this is a team that I think File it away because I think you'll be really excited again. If the player development piece is there, uh, and if the staff has it together from an X's and O standpoint, you can see this team in November, and then we're talking about a team that we're talking about a team going into 2024. It's like, all right, now you can talk about one in the conference getting into the playoff, you know, doing all that kind of stuff that that you're talking about. And I, and I think that's the case regardless of what conference Texas will be in in 2024, you know, going to the, going to the SEC.
0: Jeff Howe on the line here with the notebook for this hour. Okay, uh, you said when you went to the first practice you wanted to watch defense because you said you had more questions really about the defense and the offense. Did you look again more at defense and offense today or did you shuttle back over and watch offense today?
1: You know, I, I tried to position myself, like, in the middle of the field and tried to watch both. I uh, really wanted to watch the D-line, though, and, you know, Bo Davis. I, I'm always interested in what Bo Davis is doing, Craig. You know, he's he's just really in tune with something. Like, when he gets fixated on something from a, a technique standpoint that his guys really need to rep, they will rep it and rep it and rep it and rep it. Like, last year, you went up to spring practice last year or even a camp practice. It was all about hand placement, all about striking, because he felt like they didn't do a good job of that in 2021. Uh, now it's all about ball get-off. It's ball get-off, ball get-off, ball get-off. That's all that interior D-Line group did during individuals. So uh, that kind of caught my eye. And also, you know, Terry Joseph working with the secondary guys on actually playing the football. Like, that's something that I haven't seen a lot of uh, at a Texas practice before, even in these little windows that we get You know, guys working on uh, you know, man principles and then, you know, driving off of your back foot and playing the back foot and then driving off of it and going to break on the ball and then making a play on the ball. Even if you don't get an interception, just just knock it down. So those two things really stood out. And, you know, hopefully we get another window because the one thing that I wanted to see, Craig, that I just really didn't get a feel for, uh, you know, Chris Jackson, how he's handling the receivers, is kind of how he coaches. Uh, kind of want to get a really good feel for that. So far, I would say it seems positive. Uh, he's really encouraging of his guys. He's not a, at least from what we see and what we've heard, doesn't strike me as a, you know, a cusser or a screamer. Just just real intent on what he's doing and, and really encouraging of his guys. But now I, I want to get a little bit of a better look at just how how Chris Jackson runs that group.
0: Interesting. Okay, uh, we're not a complete program, you know that, unless we're talking about the quarterbacks at some point in the program. So I feel compelled. To ask you your observations of the quarterbacking position this morning.
1: No, a little uneven, from what I could see. Uh, you know, and Malik Murphy didn't throw again while we were out there. But this is you know watching Quinn and Arts uh, both had some throws that they would like to have back. Uh, both had, and this is just the stuff on air. Uh, both had some some guys drop a couple balls, uh, but you know the throw of the day was uh, we got a little bit of the one on one period. Um, you know, Quinn Ewers threw a really good seam ball to Jordan Whittington. It's kind of a seam and then a little bender toward the corner. Uh, threw a really good ball to Jordan Whittington. Like, Jaday Barron couldn't have had better coverage on Whittington, and you know Ewers just dropped it in the bucket right over the shoulder. Whittington made a really good catch. So uh, that was kind of the highlight of the day. But I, I thought both guys, uh, mixed bag, I would say, for, for Quinn and Arch. Some some good, some bad, but nothing nothing that's going to make you think one way or the other, like, oh, my gosh, Uh, You know, it's time to jump off the cliff or, oh, my gosh, uh, you know, you're you're looking at the the 2023 Heisman winner. Not nothing anywhere in that universe, but, you know, some good, some bad.
0: Well, you you do realize that for some folks, Jeff, if we're not looking at the 2023 Heisman winner, that is – uh, enough impetus for them to want to jump off a bridge. You, you have to understand that, you know. That's true. that's just – That's just... true.
1: Um, <laughs> How about – Again, it... I preface everything by saying this is a workout in helmets, jersey tops, and shorts, yeah. mostly against air.
0: Yeah. So, <laughs> Some air stuff. All right. Uh, did you get much of a look at, at at anything? Did they do much with special teams this morning?
1: Uh, well, I got caught in that Hayes County traffic this morning. Wasn't that so lovely? That's lovely. Special teams was wrapping up when I got there. So didn't get to see the special teams, period, unfortunately.
0: Okay. All right. Uh, if you were to be backed into a corner by a rabid fan uh, who's, who had to know, just had to know, who impressed you more than anyone else this morning, who would that be?
1: John, thank you for that question.
0: Yeah. That's why you let off with him. No question. Yeah. <laughs> okay.
1: If I let off with him here. i, I I let off with him in my notes at horse 24-7, yeah. Jontae Cook looks the part, and, you know, it's not surprising. But, yeah, he's if, – if it translates half as much, Craig, when one of the pads come on, they, they've got a difference maker in Jontae Cook.
0: True enough. Okay, now tomorrow, Pro Timing Day, you'll be at that, correct? Yeah, we still don't
1: have logistics on what time they're going to get started, but yeah, I'll be over at the over at pro day tomorrow.
0: Okay, all right, and I'll obviously be in Kansas City, so we'll cobble together what we can cobble together. But what are you expecting to see once they do get the schedule together? What would be your general overview for folks who want to know? You know what? What all? How how many people you think will participate? What? What's? uh, What's your thought on what it could set up to be tomorrow?
1: If Bijan's the only one that's come out and said he's not going to work out, at least that's what he told the NFL Network, that could change. So like I said, we haven't gotten the participation list yet. Um, that could change. But you know, if that doesn't include the testing, does he do the on-field drills anyway? I mean, he'll be there to, you know, do the interviews and things like that. Um, you know, how many of the guys that were at the combine choose to retest? Uh, and then I think with you know with Bijan and Roshan and Demarvin Overshown bringing a crowd there. It's a really big day for, you know, Anthony Cook and and Deshaun Jameson, two guys that didn't go to the Combine, but uh, tomorrow is really it's their Combine, it's their audition. Uh, And, Craig, every year, every year, whether it's Marcus Johnson or Malcolm Roach or Brendan Schooler or, you know, Donald Hawkins, like whoever it is, somebody Adrian Phillips, somebody ends up coming out of Texas Pro Day that signs as an undrafted free agent and ends up making a roster. Is that a guy like Cook or Jamison that might not get drafted, that they end up making a roster? I don't know, but that, that's, that's always something to be mindful of. You know, who's going to win the pro day? Like I said, Brendan Schooler last year won the pro day, spent the whole year with the Patriots as an active roster player. I Marcus Johnson still in the league. Malcolm Rowe still in the league. So you can, you can show up and win your pro day and carve out a nice career for yourself in the NFL.
0: He's Jeff Howe. Obviously, Horns 24-7 is where you find his heavy-duty work, as well as being the co-host here on this program. Uh, I appreciate the the time. I know it's a busy day for you. And uh, have fun with Pro Day tomorrow. We'll, we'll connect. We'll get all this stuff figured out here over the next couple of days and who's on and when we're on and all that other kind of stuff once we get a better grasp of our schedules and that sort of thing. But, uh, but thanks for doing this this morning. I appreciate it.
1: And we're flying by the feet of our pants for the next couple of weeks. So just everybody just hang on tight and we'll we'll get you through it.
0: As we invariably are. Thank you, Jeff. <laughs> All, right. All right. Thank you. That's Jeff Howe, uh, my co host. Uh, he was out at the uh, Longhorns practice this morning, and he'll be at pro timing day tomorrow.